Hey friends, I've seen so many people asking questions about how to use the Stepping Stones curricular framework without technology. Now, I know that a lot of you that might be listening to this were exposed and discovered Stepping Stones through the free year of curriculum on the Teachers Pay Teachers store, and so you're used to the Padlets and the Google Forms and the slideshows and everything like that, but I'm gonna tell you a little secret. Tina originally started writing the lessons and developing lesson plans using the Stepping Stones curricular framework the year before when none of those digital resources existed. And so many of us who have been coaching and have been working with Tina since the first year that she launched Curriculum Club, which was in the fall of 2019, we use stepping stones without digital resources for the most part. I'd like to call this stepping stones unplugged. But seriously, honestly, in my heart, I feel so much connection to the students by using this framework without a lot of the digital resources. So let me just talk you through what a lesson might look like without most of those resources, or at least without using the digital resources like the Google Forms and such on the student end of things, okay? So this would be, this is actually gonna be the lesson that I'm gonna do on my first day of class that I talk about in my first day of school podcast episode. So number one, I'm going to obviously check in with the students and make sure they're all in the right place, make sure they have the supplies they need for class, and um, maybe do like a little quick like icebreaker type thing if anyone wants to share about their summers, since 90% of the students I already know really well and they know each other really well because I have them four years in a row and there's only 50 of them in a grade. So after that, I'm going to tell them a visual story about my new kitten. So what this means, if you want more details on a visual story, you can listen to my What How podcast episode on it. But what that means is that I'm going to either on my whiteboard or on my interactive like smartboard screen where I can like draw digitally, um, I'm gonna draw out the little story of how my new kitten arrived to me and his name. So the students aren't gonna be doing anything but watching and listening. And then I'm going to ask them whole class questions and answers, and I'm going to have them just respond with like yes or no, based on what I wrote and draw, what I drew and wrote and talked about my kitten. Wow. Um, So I'm going to say things like, you know, my kitten's name is E.T., yes or no, in the target language. Um, My, I now have four cats. Yes or no in the target language? The answer is no, by the way. That's too many. I only have three. Yes, I have crossed the crazy cat lady line, and I'm okay with that. So my guided role input for the day, I'm really going to kind of skip some of the like the reading workshop because I'm going to have used so much time kind of getting everyone settled. So then my guided role input is telling the visual story. Students aren't using technology. My scaffolded oral review is asking like yes or no whole class oral questions, students aren't using technology. We're going to sit down and do write and discuss. On the first day, I'm probably not going to have them copy it, but I will write on a piece of lined paper with my document camera connected to my my big screen to write out a couple sentences about my cat, right? Students aren't on technology. And then we're going to read through it together, 
students aren't on technology. And then at the end of class, I think I'm going to do a whole class oral quick quiz. So very similar to the scaffolded oral review, but I'm probably going to do either or questions just so that the students can feel successful on the first day. Um, understanding that input and like answering questions correctly, but I don't want to deal with collecting paper. Um, so that's my whole first day. No tech used on the student end of things. Now, if you want to use the tech and you want to use the Google Forms or you want to use Desmos or you want to use Slides, please, please, please don't feel like I'm saying you shouldn't. But I'm saying that if you don't want to use those things, I've seen a lot of teachers panicking because they don't know how to do it without it. So I just wanted to give you a couple more examples. Okay, so day two. Day two, I'm going to do calendar talk as my input strategy because I'm going to start, start with cycle one, phase one, because again, the students all know each other and I know them for the most part. So we're not going to do the launching lessons this year, except for in my fifth grade classes. Those are the only students that are new to me. So we are going to, for our... Um, Norming the class, I'm going to state my objective. You know, by the end of class today, you'll be able to answer questions in Spanish about, you know, the calendar or what our class, what is special this week or how we feel about the first week of school, whatever it is I ends up deciding it to actually be. For reading workshop, I'm actually going to do a library walkthrough. So if you listen to my episode on my podcast, it's actually my very first episode about setting up free choice reading. It starts with giving them a little bit of a library walkthrough because I have new books this year and new resources and um, students didn't really get to do free choice reading with actual books last year. So it's been a while. So I'm just going to do like quick five minute showing them the library, what kinds of different options are there and so on. Then for my guided oral input strategy, I'm going to do calendar talk. Instead of using a digital calendar, I'm going to either, I haven't decided yet, I'm going to either use giant like chart paper or butcher paper and draw it with like big Mr. Sketch markers or I'm going to draw it on a piece of line paper underneath my document camera and have it like projected that way to the students and we're going to just talk about we're going to refresh the days of the week we're going to refresh the date um, and then I'm probably going to talk to them about you know who prefers the school week who prefers the weekend what are their favorite days um, and then I'm probably going to ask them since they are so familiar with the strategy if you are brand new or your students are brand new, I wouldn't try to fit this much in in one day. Um, but I'm probably going to ask them, you know, what's special about this week? We'll go back to yesterday and say, oh, it was the first day of school. Today is the second day of school. Um, if anyone has birthdays, we'll put those on the calendar. And then um, that'll be it for guided oral input. Scaffolded oral review. I'll probably still do whole class questions and answers. To be quite honest with you, I use that strategy for scaffolded oral review nine times out of ten just because it's so easy and it's another way to check for understanding, check for comprehension, and get repetitions of that input. Then for our write and discuss, I'm going to sit down at my little tray with my lined paper and my document camera and we're going to write about what we talked about during calendar talk. Then we're going to read through that. And I might actually have the students copy the Write and Discuss on this day. Um, I probably only have them copy once or twice a week. It depends on how much time we have. So if you're, if you're you know, running short on time, don't have them copy. I usually have their desks cleared off completely because they don't need anything. Um, and then if I do have them copy, I write a sentence and then I'll pause. Then they copy it. And then once they're done, then I write the next sentence. So that we're not writing at the same time, but I usually will write less if they're copying. So we'll write about the calendar, we'll read through it together, you know, like we do in the daily framework, 
And then at the end of class, I'll probably actually give them a written quick quiz. And to me, you don't have to give them a Google form. You could, but what I like to do is I have so much scrap paper in my classroom of the extra copies of things or copies that ran off wrong or random papers that were left in the copy room that I steal and hoard for whatever reason. And I chop them with a paper cutter into quarter sheets so they're, you know, pretty small. And so then I pass those out to students. They put their name at the top. They number it one through five or one through three, however many questions you want to ask. And then I'll ask them their quick quiz questions and they need to write them down on the paper. So again, I'll probably do either yes or no or either or questions. Again, second day of school. I want them to feel confident and successful. um, So I'm not trying to make anything too too intense yet. And then I actually have the students grade them themselves. So I have them grab out a different colored pen or a marker or whatever, and they correct them and they put a minus at the top of the page with their pen. I collect them from them on their way out or before they um, before they line up to get ready to go. And that way I can just go through the stack of papers really quick and easy. Here's the grading trick that Tina always talks about, Shauna's grading trick. Um, I'll go through the stack of papers and I'll make a note on my little like blank grade book grid page that I have printed like who was absent and I'll make a note of any kids that had less than 100% which usually there's only one or two maybe even that and that way when I go to fill it in for the grade book number one I've already got a daily formative listening assessment grade in doesn't that sound fancy um you know and I can literally autofill it five points for everyone the absent student I can either no count it or you know, leave it as empty until they have a chance to make something up. Um, Usually with those types of things, I just no count them because I know there's going to be enough grades throughout the quarter. It doesn't really matter. And then um, I'll put in, you know, for the kids who'd got less than 100, usually they only miss one question. I'll put in like a four out of five or whatever. Um, Or you could make your numbers equate to percentages. Like if they get a 5 out of 5, that's obviously a 100%. If they get a 4 out of 5, you could call that like a 95 or a 90%, even though the math doesn't work out that way. That way you can kind of align it better to like, oh, if they missed two questions but they still understood three, they're not getting an F. A 60% at my school is an F. So however you want to fudge with the numbers that way to make it make sense. And boom, I'm done. I've already got a grade in. It took me three minutes to put the grades in. Um, And the students, again, have not gotten on their computers even once in class. So I just want to encourage you that by using their notebooks and by you projecting things or you um, showing them things on the screen, there's tons of ways to go about stepping stones and using this curricular framework without using the Google Forms at all. The Google Forms are great, and they might be an awesome tool for you as the teacher to look at as you plan your lesson or think through what you're going to ask, because they do give you those leveled up um, reading workshop options. So if you want to use those, you could project those to the whole class. The kids don't need to have them in front of them. Um, They give you examples of different types of questions or discussions that you can have with students during that guided oral input or the scaffolded oral review or the student application and assessment. You could project the Google form and have students answer on a notebook on a piece of paper or just out loud verbally in the classroom. There's a lot of ways that you can make stepping stones work, and honestly, I like it a lot better. There's just something about being hands-on that I really enjoy. Now, does that mean that I'm going to not play GimKit, and I'm not going to use Desmos, and I'm not going to use Google Slides this year? No, but I just wanted to give you some ideas for how to do it the old-fashioned way, Say, (laughs) if you want to say it that way, where you don't need to have computers one-to-one 
or have students on them the whole time. Now, if you're required to use the computers, because there's some schools that are saying, oh, because we went one-to-one and bought devices for everyone, you know, we want you to use it every day in class, that's super easy too. You could have them do like a check-in at the beginning of the class. You could have them, you could set up an exit ticket for them in Desmos or in Google Forms at the end of class that they fill out. Um, you could have them like translate the writing for the day into a Google something or, you know, whatever it might be that you're required to use. But I just wanted to encourage you that you can definitely make it work if you want to stray from the technology. And I actually find it a lot less prep and a lot easier to do because you really don't have to have anything prepared other than what you're going to do for reading workshop and your guided oral input for the day. Everything else can be done with paper and blank sheets that you have in the classroom or copies maybe that you've run off. I like to keep stacks of blank copies of graphic organizers um, in my classroom so that I can like put them under the document camera and then the students can always copy them into their notebook. You don't even have to give copies to the students if they have a notebook to use. So I like to have a lot of those kind of paper copies ready and then as long as the students have something to write within a notebook, they're good to go. So I hope that helps you visualize what Stepping Stones looks like unplugged and without using all of the tech that we were needing to use last year because of our situation. And what's really great is all of that tech still exists and all those things are still out there. So if on the chance that you either want to use it, have to use it, end up, I can't believe I'm saying this, end up, you know, in a quarantine situation or students are quarantined at home or your class has to go virtual for two weeks or whatever it might be, you have it there. It's a tool. It's a resource. But don't feel like you have to use it.